And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. This is Lee Dort, and I'm Donna Dunk. This is Lee Dort, and I'm Donna Dort. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me on this Monday of Trade Deadline Week, it's my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, things are heating up, Andrew. Uh, a lot of stuff out there. There's stuff out but there. But apparently, sorry, sorry, apparently, we should be judicious in how much we enjoy this particular week. Because, you know, <laughs> it's not really sport. It's uh, it's for nerds. Oh. So we have, to, we have to acknowledge that. Welcome to my nerddom. This is one of my favorite weeks of the year. I love it. Rumors, team building, strategy. It's so fun. Teams are going to change. There, there will be deals this week. I would guess my official Thunder prediction off the top is that they will acquire some kind of contract for some kind of pick. And we can a singular <laughs> pick without S. Uh like yeah. no picks. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, second I rounders picks uh, for sure. Uh, mm. first rounders. I don't know. We'll see. TBD. TBD on that one. Uh there's so there's this Blake Fisher of Bleacher Report uh, has a report out there. And I'll just read directly from his report, just so there's no no twisting of anything going on. So, there are several mm-hmm. pathways in which the Sixers could acquire Harden or Beal. For example, in addition to the popular sign-and-trade concept discussed around the league pertaining to Harden, if Harden or Beal ultimately communicates the desire to join Philadelphia, both stand to gain a far greater salary by opting into the final years of their contract than being dealt to the Sixers. But if the cleanest dynamic... But if the cleanest dynamic requires Philadelphia to create cap space to sign a star outright in free agency, multiple league sources have mentioned the possibility of a Sixers trade with the Thunder to move Harris into Oklahoma City's bounty of cap space. Philly already owes a top six protected 2025 first-round pick to the Thunder. The Sixers could remove those protections and offer additional cap draft capital now that Oklahoma City's $9.6 million trade exception from a previous server Ariza trade expired and the Thunder now have $33.7 million in cap room. No significant conversations have occurred between the Sixers and Thunder, according to one source with knowledge of the situation, but the deal structure was mentioned 
do bleach a report by several cap experts around the league. It remains to be seen how much financial wiggle room Oklahoma, which I don't know why they've ever referred to us as Oklahoma, will have following the trade deadline. So we have to acknowledge several things, you know, when we talk about this report. The first is the giant amount of money that Tobias Harris makes. And yeah. can, can I stop you for for just a second because I, I had a super funny thought and oh, I yeah. want to share. Go Otherwise, ahead. I'll forget. Uh, when you mentioned Oklahoma, uh, it seemed to me like it, it, it seemed like wrong. Of course, yeah. it's almost like the interview that uh, Stephen Adams did in Chicago. Uh, sorry, in Denver, when someone told him about how great Nicola is as a player, and he was extremely confused <laughs> about who? about Nicola. Who's Nicola? <laughs> it's exactly right. I read that. I'm I like, don't know why that pops in pop into my mind. Talking it's because I'm o- talking about OU. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um. Tobias Harris, <clears throat> it's not only the fact that he makes a tremendous amount of money. It's the yeah. fact that this goes beyond next season. It goes into the 2023-2024 season, which he'll make $41 million that year. Yeah. Now, we know, and everybody knows, the Thunder value draft capital. It's very apparent. There's no, it's no secret that the Thunder value that. Another thing that the Thunder organization will value and will continue to value throughout this rebuild and throughout really the tenure of Sam Presti is financial flexibility. And you take on Tobias, the minute you take on Tobias Harris's contract, especially if money isn't going back to Philadelphia, like you could throw favors or whoever, if there's not money coming back, which is, possible you just flip them like a conditional second round pick and the trade's done like you could do that the thunder are going to be dealing with the tax next year Mm -hmm. it's not it's not time to deal with the tax yet (laughs) like it's that's i mean that's like the number one thing is that they're not going to be good next year even if you add harris to the team and even if you had the number one pick and harris to the team they're not going to be good and and a tax-paying team that at, at very best, if everything goes right, everything clicks together, they're a play-in team. You're not paying the tax for a play-in team? Are you kidding me? Not, okay. he, not let here. Me, let me guide you. Guide let me, me guide you through a scenario, a scenario that makes sense. First of all, let's play a game and you tell me how many picks do you want okay. to do exactly what you mentioned. Okay. Because everything has a price. And so... In this moment, let's say that Philadelphia doesn't know anything, it cannot talk with any other team. Yeah. And and just it's just talking to you, Sam Presti, today. I say, hey, how much? Give me a price. And no matter what happens later, I'll give you that. Yeah. And you have 48 hours to, con- to, con- to confirm that to me. Okay. The price to take on Harris and the flexibility, one, you have to take favors back to give the Thunder a chance to get under the tax. Okay. To unprotect 2025. And then probably two more unprotected first rounders. Okay, Andrew, that seems a little bit too much. Uh, You're pushing the limits a little bit too far. I'll push because here's the thing. To completely derail the flexibility that the Thunder will have in the summer of 2023, it has to, you has to be like, 
a no-brainer deal. Okay. Then, then my proposal is uh, okay on favors, okay on the first, the two first rounders, but let's make the other one an unprotected swap. The pick and unprotected swap? No, thank you. It's two picks and an unprotected swap, like the unprotected uh, twenty twenty, the, the earliest, uh, and then so it's two unprotected and a swap. Yeah. Uh, or like something like that. But it's just for the sake of not saying yes to you uh, because it, it makes sense. But anyway, um, we hang up the phone and a second later, you call Palinka and you make the offer. Say, hey, Rob, I can get off. I can give you Tobias tomorrow and you can give me Russ. Yeah. But for that, since Philly is not giving me anything, worthy of value you can give me your 2028 unprotected pick yeah the 27 or 28 unprotected and you give me the right to swap on your swap with with the the pelicans both years that is interesting because russ would expire russ expires after next year which is way more interesting you will pay the tax next year if you take on westbrook's contract Yeah, but you get four unprotected picks if you could swing something like that then i think maybe it it might be worth it but does it it makes a ton of sense like tobias to the lakers actually makes sense in in terms of basketball i mean kind of he just if he shot if he shot more threes it would that's that's been like the whole thing with tobias is that He's, no, it's he, it's not just that. It's not just that. I mean, that's part of it. It's certainly part of it. If you were willing to yeah. shoot a bunch of threes, you could figure out the defense and some of the other stuff and the ball stopping. I think you could figure that out with LeBron and with AD. Yeah. He's the third wheel there. Yeah. Like, and the, 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 the real, like, the fact that you saved Lakers 10 millions this year and 15 next year or whatever it is like in a like some something around 10 i don't know mm-hmm. and then you basically have the last deal the last year of tobias lebron is expiring uh that before and so you can really say hey this is the fat contract that i have to 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 get away from but in the meantime for this season i try to maximize ad and lebron because there is nothing else i can get from russ Except, either I hope that he comes back for the playoffs in some sort of he transforms himself, he plays well, I don't know, whatever. But Tobias is an efficient player. Like, he's not inefficient. So you pair this guy, who is not number one, not number two, but he can be a third guy. And that's it. But what do you do with Russ? I don't possibly care. You have to like care. Whatever. Russ, Russ has the, still has the ability... To take a team that's not good and bring I'm not saying that he will play. I mean, that's, I mean, to me, you would have to send him away. Yeah, stay in Los Angeles. You'd have to buy him. No, you'd have to buy him out. No, no, you you don't. You don't. You think that Russell Westbrook is going to sit I don't possibly care. But, dude, you can't, the Thunder can't be this goodwill team. Hey, you want to you want to get to get away tomorrow? Sure. Forgo your player option? 
and give me something we have for this year. <laughs> even even like, not something back from this year. You can take everything. You can take 10 million next year. Yeah. The, if not, this is our down payment for all the great money that you help us make in, in the past. Yeah. And that's it. You yeah. want to play? No, thank you. Uh, that's, that's no. The, the, Just not. the problem is like the Thunder can't play hardball with NBA stars. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's Russell Westbrook. I know it's Russell Westbrook. Like he's failing LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's still Russell Westbrook, the greatest player in franchise history. Great. Give him the give him the Kobe tour. That helped the tanking so freaking much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, that team won 20 games. 25, oh I don't gosh. remember. I just cannot. Make him score 60 this year. There's just, I mean, this is a fun dream scenario. They're just, there's just no way. There's just no way I any know, of this It makes sense. It makes sense. Everything is a price, Andrew. Financially, it makes sense pick-wise. But when you bring in the fact that it's Russell Westbrook, like that's where mm. it just stops. Like if, like if it was Kemba or John Wall or mm. whoever else, like, yeah, sign me up. Do it. But seriously, like what is the difference in playing Derek Favors at the center? Like play Russ as your center. <laughs> Who possibly cares about the results? I mean, Russell does though. That's the problem. Uh, it's it's the let him care. We're let seeing him care. It. The results are great. He's gonna. <laughs> it. I don't know. I mean, the Thunder have shown the propensity to tank and tank hard. We saw that last year. I have not seen a willingness to make a hostile type environment. You know, yeah, as a result, point. as a result of their decision making, we've seen that in Houston. You know, Houston doesn't is is like doesn't care about the personality of the team. Look up and down the Thunder roster today, and they absolutely care about the character and how this mm -hmm. team functions and developing real habits. Houston doesn't give a rip about that. Detroit doesn't give a rip about that. Orlando doesn't seem to give a rip about that either. Adding. I mean, adding Russ back into this mix. The problem with Russ right now is if Oklahoma City says no, who in the world would say yes? Exactly. To me, the point is not, hey, Russ, uh, we love you as a... The, the point is, hey, Russ, we love you as a human being. You, you've been here. Uh, we've been through dark times and good times. We can do, we can like, like end this Los Angeles experience that is ruining everything yeah. uh, for you and allowing you to be with your family for a year. Next year, we'll sit down in August and decide. Like fake whatever you have to fake. Just just stay in Los Angeles, stay with your wife, with your kids, uh, do whatever. But his career and next be year, over. Like that could end it. Yeah. And, and what if it's the end of Ross's career? I mean, does he really want? I don't know. I it mean, might be the end to of his career, I, anyways. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. Yes. The point is, where, like, do you prefer going to, I don't know, Orlando, New York? Like, play for tips? Yeah. Is that what you want? I mean, to me, that is that is the the point to me. Like, it's <sighs> hey, talk to to his agent. If that is a remote possibility, that Russ says, okay, I'm, I don't care about playing. I'll just be there sitting on the bench. I mean, Taylor because pointed they love out on Friday, like they've, Russell has played the most minutes of anybody in the league this year. 
Like, exactly. He cares about. Don't you want to rest? He, no, he cares about playing basketball. Is the thing, and he always has. The dude wouldn't sit out when he had a dent in his face. You know, that's yeah. I, that is still all there, and it's why he's played the most minutes this season. It's why there's he's not going to do it. He doesn't sit out unless he absolutely has to. He's played through a crazy amount of injuries in his career because he wants to play. And I don't think that he is going to, he would be content, you know, getting the Al Horford treatment. That's the whole issue with trading for Russ. If, if it was just his contract and you got to take on the picks because you're taking on the contract. Great. But you still have to take, and this is the problem with the Lakers are seeing right now. Is like you have to take the personality, you have to take everything that comes along with it. You have to take it. Um, they would have to buy him out. It would have to be you come here, let's negotiate a buyout, and then you can go on a minimum, you know, deal, which is still significant because of his his years that he's played. And you then can let's go, do that. You can go on a minimum me, somewhere else. That would be that would be the only possible way is if I mean and and you'd also have to go to Thunder Ownership and say hey we're going to go into the tax we're going to pay not only him I mean then you're paying 70 million dollars in dead money next season mm-hmm. I mean that that's seems a little bit too high that's where it's like hey Clay would you like to pay 70 million dollars for essentially just a, a few draft picks. I think that's where they might be like, you know what, Sam, that might that's be a, a bridge. Too much. It might be a bridge too far. <laughs> is it 70 though? Well, it's like the 40 million for Russ. And then was it, is it not 30 for Kemba? How much? But is I think that uh, you get the set off, right? I can possibly think that they uh, they allow him to to get ten millions away from from OKC without getting anything. Yeah, off of him. I can't remember how much it was, but it's. I think it was around twenty. Either I mean sixty, still but, sixty. But million. remove remove nine millions for favors, and negotiate a buyout for us. That could be around forty. Forty million dollars is a lot of money to just sit there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what it's the, what they are paying this year. I don't know what the appetite is to do that multiple years. But, I don't no, know. It's it's only yes. Yes, of course. Of course. But we are talking for unprotected first. If that's the case, I think that you that least, is the case. That, you, that is what I'm talking about. You, you get three least, from Philly and one from LA plus two swaps. You, you basically have like, I don't know. You're laying out like it, one, a probably almost an impossible scenario, but two, the only scenario in which the Thunder would take on Tobias Harris. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, do, don't you think that the Lakers will jump at it in 35 seconds? I mean, I don't, I don't what, know. That what t- are the that options? Tobias, that Tobias deal is so bad. It's so bad. But it's one year more than Russ for less money this year and the next. Yeah, what you spent Russ, last year, it's basically 20 millions total if you account for for Russ's salary. That is the point. Yeah. I mean, what other chances there, there are? Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, I mean, the reality is like the Lakers are kind of screwed. That's why. That, that is your leverage. I mean, I, I discussed just one pick because I think that's all that it can give. Yeah. But you know. 
you could I don't even I mean I was I was just thinking like what young player they don't have a young player that they yeah, really don't have players. anything I think that you can ask 2027 2027 uh, swap and 2028 unprotected yeah that's on top of the two reverse swap that you can concord with them yeah. so the, the point is hey y- y- what is the value of a first one pick yeah I don't I mean we I mean they got the jazz protected pick for the two years nine million per for favors. You know, what's the protections yeah. on that? Is it lottery protected, top 10 protected? I, I think so. Yeah. I think it's lottery. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that. I mean, I would use that as a guide for how the Thunder would approach other trades for draft picks. It's like when we talked yeah. about Joe Ingles, maybe it is top eight protected. You no, know? I think it's less money. I think that, um, I think that you can, I mean, oh, you're right. No, 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 because it's years. So maybe, yeah, like, exactly. maybe lottery protector, top twenty protected, or whatever for I, an Ingles. Deal. I would even, I would even venture in saying, hey, are you open to say that you give me a second rounder and you remove part of the protection on twenty twenty three, like top two protected for Ingles, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I think that that's. That makes sense. I would much you also, have that. You go, yeah, you also only have to pay the remaining salary left on the Ingles deal. Yeah, and, and you have to do it anyway. So for you, it doesn't you do really change anything. To, yeah, you do have to pay the money out to somebody anyways. So I think that you have to give something in uh, for that. I mean, probably someone that the, the Jazz remotely like. Yeah, like who? I don't know. Not Kenrich, because, I mean, uh, Kenrich has so um, has more value than that, to be honest. And so it's if it's Kenrich, then you need you need a real asset back. Um, so it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think that the Jazz like Ty Jerome enough. Jerome is, Jerome's kind of good. He is okay. He... He would be good in that system. He, I was gonna say, he'd be good in the Utah Blender. Yeah, you know? but he will not defend. I will not improve anything in terms of defense. Yeah, I mean that's the problem is that you're adding another good offensive player to a team that has only good offensive players and no defenders, and that's where, I mean, that's kind of where everything falls apart. If you're talking about throwing in Jerome, that's why having Kenrich or Dort. As a, I mean, that's the guys that I would be hollering for if I was in Utah. Like those are the guys they, those are the type of guys they need. There, they don't need Ty Jerome. <laughs> you know, they have no. many versions of Ty Jerome up there already that they just don't need. Like Jared Butler. Jared Butler's like a even cheaper Ty Jerome at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I mean, he's uh, that's one that you definitely look at and say, yeah, that's a a contract that the Thunder could take on. And, and a person that the Thunder can take on. Yeah, I don't know. My guess is that they that he would just stay home and that Yeah, but why? I mean, if he wants to fam- play he's got a family. couple of years. Yeah. He's got a family. He can rehab at home and then probably re-sign with the Jazz. Yeah, that that that's okay. But uh, if I'm okay, see, why not jumping at the possibility to add someone that that um, 
I don't know. It's close to Giddy. Um, yeah, maybe I mean, once, who knows? Yeah, I would. I would. Th- I would like that. I would like it if he was here. Also, like talk to him. Um, you know, but I also would be a little surprised if he. I mean, my guess is that because the Thunder are very player friendly, would call him and say, "Hey, what do you want to do?" You know, it's not necessary to report. He's not going to play. No. You know? So my guess is that maybe he flies here for the physical. I mean, do you even have to do a physical if you're hurt? I don't. I don't know. I guess you I guess you just wave the physical. And then, yeah, exactly. And then. Sure. Because that's not the reason that they're acquiring him, anyways. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. a deal like that makes a t- total sense for OKC, and it's funny. Like, there's that would be three salary dumps in a in a year from the Utah to OKC, right? Yeah, it seems like a um, common theme here. Yeah, they call call him up again and be like, Sam, uh, we need to have the same conversation that we've had two other times again. <laughs> Because we need to, and you know that's that's funny. And the I mean, and they did it with Eric Maynard two years ago, where it was a. Yeah. I mean the the Jazz have called on the Thunder for financial help. This will if they do it again, this will be the fourth time in Sam's tenure. Right? Is there a time I'm mm-hmm. forgetting? But I think that this would be the fourth time that the Utah Jazz would have called the Thunder and asked for some financial help. And and giving yep. them draft capital or a player, I mean, I would ask for Jared Butler. You know, yeah, that's okay. I mean, if you don't ask for picks, and it's just putting in, in the deal, I don't know how much it makes sense for OKC's future plans. You have already many guards. There is no guarantee that the next draft pick will not be a guard, and so at that point, it, it seems like. But you're I just don't know. trying, guys. You're just trying them out. You know. Like I'm, I'm fully okay with not, you know, keep on, you know, trying Teo Maladon anymore. Like, okay, for the minutes that Teo would get, give him to Jared Butler instead. Like I, sure, and I am sure. one of a few that were just outrageously high on his potential at the draft. So I don't have a. He's good. He was a good shooter. He's probably a good shooter. Yeah, good shooter. Can get get buckets on his own. Yeah, he and Trey Mann kind of occupy the same space, though. Yeah, a little bit redundant there. But anyways, he would be fun. He'd be fun down the stretch, especially if we're, you know, if Shea sits longer and, you know, whatever. Like, give me one more fun player. Hey, 3-1 and one since he went down, so. 3-1 and one <laughs> since he's gone down, which is, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that right after this quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
And we're back after that quick break. The Thunder in the reverse standings sit at fourth still, unchanged. Hmm. They had they had a real opportunity, man, right in front of them. They would be if they would have lost those games, they'd be sitting at third in the reverse standings ahead of Houston, uh, which is kind of a bummer. Instead, they are now two and a half games up on the Rockets. Yeah, and. A couple of the games I can't really be mad about because it was guys like Giddy and Dort and Trey Mann. And the last one, though, the last one against the Blazers, I'm, I'm, a little, I know, I I'm know. pretty miffed about it because you get 30 off the bench from your vets who were incredible, like really, really good, you know? Yeah. And, like that's those are the kind of games you can't like you should not win. If you throw your young guys out there and they win, like it's just like all right, way to go. We have some good young players. They're mm-hmm. gonna you know win some games here and there. But when your bench does heavy lifting and it's Muscala, it's I'm just Muscala and Jerome and and Kenrich. I'm just like come on, like stop it. Stop it. Yeah, but, I don't like I, mean, I, I don't do, like yes. that. And I'm out on that. They could have played Poku that night. They didn't. Like give but me he a played break. in the next game and he was okay. Yeah, and they sent him back to the G League. He's he was playing too well. He he was pretty good, but also yeah. is bad enough on the defensive end that it's still very playable. Still very playable. I don't agree with that. I just think you play him big minutes, you're not going to win games. You play Kenrich big minutes. Not because of defense. Games. You think his defense is good? Enlighten me. I don't think it's bad. I think he occupies a lot of a lot of ground. Yeah. He's wide. I mean, him versus Kenrich, though, is kind of the, the measuring stick. Yeah, but they don't play the same position. Technically, is really playing him with Baisley and... Yeah. Plus Kenrich. That is the issue. Well, I'm just I mean, saying, fine with me. You, I mean, you got to close they, games without Kenrich, though. And like, if you close games with Poku instead of Kenrich, like I yeah, feel okay, more, that that is okay. That is what, pulling that's the what I'm talking. They are not that's, doing it. That's what I'm referring to. I'm not referring to Poku's defense in a vacuum, which I do think, yeah. like he was. But the guy played 26 was, minutes. He was solid in his 26 minutes. Exactly. That is the point. Let's go 36. I mean, Let's go 46. I don't care. <laughs> Come on, let's explore the studio space a little bit on Poku. Free Poku! I I, I love that. Um, but I also should say, or at least mention, that if you win games because of 15, 18 minutes of Mike Muscala and 14 of Kenneth Williams, or even 20 of Kenneth Williams, that is not why you're winning games. It's partly why. It's, but if you look, yeah, but even those units against the Blazers... It's not that those units with Mike and Kenrich were like dismantling the Blazers. They were just okay. Also, the Blazers just stink. Exactly. I mean, the Blazers were terrible and OKC was playing good basketball. That is the point. I mean, if Treyman has an average night against Sacramento, mm-hmm. it's 4-0. Mm-hmm. Because they are just bombing from deep. Yeah. And I love that. And I don't know why when Shay's on the court, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I mean, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I just want to see like Shea taking 
six, seven spot up trees and three men take another five or six. Yeah. And let's, let's play like this. Yeah. Let's go small and, and with a ton of shooting. Yeah. That is what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the way they've been playing. You know, they've, they've played well. I mean, it really probably that last Blazers game, you did get 23 minutes from, from Kenrich, 23 from Jerome, only 12 from Mascala, who's just like outrageously productive in his 12 minutes, 11 points, five yeah. boards, a block, zero turnovers, zero fouls in 12 minutes. Like yeah. the, the permanent stats on this guy are just unbelievable. I need to check his cleaning the glass stats because it's, yeah, he's great. It's gotten better. But, like it has to have gotten better. But you're talking about limited amount of minutes still yeah but you just play different guys i mean if you gave those know, minutes but, to poku or paul watson yeah, but I, I know but we whatever. are talking about below replacement level guys in muscala probably like below slightly the above dude is plus 11 on the season it's not below replacement like Talk with thirty teams. How many would say that Moscala is an above average center for this league? I understand what you mean. However, okay. he has played like an above average player for the Thunder. He's just functional to the way OKC is playing basketball. He's in the ninety third percentile in on off differential. Ninety third. Kenrich is in the ninety eighth percentile. That's exactly about what I'm mentioning. Ty Jerome in the 94th percentile. I know, but these are role players, like players that will not play regular minutes on other teams. Then what in the world is going on here? Plus 10.9, plus 11.8, plus 14.3 when they're on the court. They are well coached. Yeah, but we have a basketball philosophy that helps winning basketball games. It does. They except are not for a mess ex- on the court. Except for when they you know, play Teo and Paul Watson and guys like that. I know. You got my point. You know what I mean. I do know what you mean because if okay. you put those guys out on the tr- on the trade market, they're getting like, like if you put if you were offering up Ty Jerome to the entire league, they'd be like, "We'll give you a top fifty protected second. Exactly. You know? Maybe maybe top forty five if you're and, lucky. Yeah, we'll give you two seconds for Mike Muscala, like two like no unprotected seconds for Muscala. I don't believe that. Maybe. I mean Kenrich. I think Ken. I think Kenrich. I I'm with. I don't know if the reporting is correct or not on that the Thunder need a first rounder for Kenrich. I don't know that to be true. However. Yeah. I would but that's de- the point. I, would I mean, de- they are asking because they know that no one will it. give them a good first. It de- you yeah, know that. I mean, a good first. What's a good first? Uh, top 10 protected first in yeah. the future for our team. From a team yeah. that is not currently great and not like to be... I mean, the top 23 uh, say that the Phoenix Suns pick next year, top 10 protected is a bad pick for me. Yeah, that's, I mean, if it was the Suns, I would say kick the can down farther, please. Exactly. Like, but make it top 10. Otherwise, it's not a great pick. Yeah. So what I'm mentioning here, it's not that Kenrich, Mike, and Ty Jerome aren't helping the team. I, I can really read numbers. I know that they are. My point is, 
if those guys help you winning so much, it must be something else. Because they had moments in their career where they were borderline unplayable guys. Yeah. And but they're for playing, Ken you can say, hey, they're he playing improved. well. Like they're playing well within the offense. Like they're giving good effort. Exactly. I think that you need guys that just don't really the, the and the thing about those guys though is that they all know exactly what they're doing. And that's and that's where I think young tanking teams a lot of times you lose because they don't know what they're doing. You know. Yeah. You play a lot of Isaiah Roby. Isaiah Roby will make some good highlight plays and will play well at times. There will be also times where you watch him play and you're like, "Oh yeah, he doesn't know exactly what he's doing." Yeah. You know. He did that no, against the, against the Nuggets, and and Roby's hurt now. But if you gave all those minutes to Roby and to Watson and to Vit Krejci, who I I assume is like able to play soon because they sent mm-hmm. him back down to the G League, and to Poku, like those guys just aren't mentally in the same place that Ty Jerome yeah. and Kenrich and Muscala Andrew, are. I. I understand that if you play uh, Teo, uh, Poku, and guys as the starters, yeah. they will lose every game. Yeah, I, I, I don't, do I don't discount that. Let's go. The point that I'm mentioning here uh, that I'm not, this is not making. <laughs> probably, I'm not <laughs> able to explain it. It's hey, if you win basketball games mm-hmm. because of Kenrich and Mike, mm-hmm. you think that it's only on Kenrich. It means that the remaining minutes are played in such a way that by just getting on the court a few functional players you win basketball games yeah this is my point it's i mean it is ultimately a really good thing exactly the point is those young players are not bad enough like giddy dort uh trey man darius paisley yeah since paisley (laughs) like went to the bench we don't have bad starting unit. Yeah, that is an, that is the issue. Yeah, like, I don't I don't have a problem with Bayes lately. I'm I'm very willing to say his name as as many times as I need to. I mean, he, you, but you look he's over. Good. Yeah, he's been good. Like legitimately a helpful player, specifically on the defensive end. Like he has turned it on, and that's great. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's great. You look across the way at the Blazers, and like one, I mean, they got nothing coming off the bench. Like Ben McLemore yeah. is like a shell of himself. Yeah, he's who terrible. was already a shell of something else before he became a shell of himself. Yeah, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. I, is he'll be in Europe next year, I assume, or in China yeah. or something. Like he's just straight bad. Greg, Greg, speaking of guys that don't know what they're doing, Greg Brown the third. Yeah, have you ever? I I have seen few players up close. That that really just looked over at the coaching staff, just like I don't I don't know what I'm doing, you know. Like he did that so many times during the game here in OKC, it was kind of astounding. And then like the like the this is a close game. The Thunder only won this game by three, and the crunch time offense for the Blazers is like the most sickening thing ever. Like there's the it's not it's it's non-existent. It's Let's drive at the basket and just pray to God. Like, just say your prayers as you're dribbling the ball, hoping that there's something there or that you get fouled or something. Just just keep just driving. Just drive it. We're not going to really run anything around you. We'll space a little bit, yeah. but there's there's no, nothing there. I mean, 
No, I get what you mean. What you mean? If you put players that absolutely don't know what to do, if you put me and you um, playing oh, off the bench, be then so you're bad. probably losing games. Yeah, great. The Thunder need to find their CJ Ellaby. They need to find their <laughs> their Greg Brown the third. You know what I what I'm saying though is getting reps at playing in a certain way. I think has value. Yeah. How much? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, I agree. I, I absolutely don't know. They're I developing habits. Like they, they legitimately are developing habits that will help the players that will be here down the road. One of my problems with this, who's going to be here in three years? I know, I know. But Who? the is, isn't it crazy that, that all the tanking is failing because of a sub-level replacement guy that yeah. just played the right way? Yeah. I mean, I mean to me, the, 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 the way in which you tank and you take take a horrible coach. Like, Dignall is a great coach. He's a good coach. That is an issue. Like, he's maximizing Mike Muscala. He's doing, hey, take the shot from here, here, and here. Yeah. Nothing else. And he's done that. Like, take four trees, and he does it. Um, look at Dort. I mean, or Baisley. He's making players out of guys that two months ago, we said, what is happening with these guys? I know. Like, the coaching staff is really good. Do you want to like like send Degnold uh, to I don't know Maldive or or in I don't know to to a great island for three months? I guarantee you, yeah. If you allow them to be coached from someone else, like ask Presti to be the coach, and you will lose every single game probably. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe two or three you can win. That is the point. It's not just Mike and Kenridge. It's that those guys play hard every single night in Portland. There was no one. No one who was playing hard. No. No one. Sacramento, horrible after. They just they just found Trey Mann in a bad night. Mm. That is what they won. Uh, they won the game. That to me is the issue slash non-issue of OKC because they care and they play extremely well for their talent. Yeah. And like the fact that Kenrich, Ty, and 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 Mike are positives, it's because of that. It's because they have a coaching staff that put themselves in the best position to succeed, and therefore, they are good. So to me, that is the core problem of this team, which again, in the grand scheme of things, yes, it is an issue because it, it puts you away in a way. Of course, you can take Moses Brown and play like nobody. You will lose game anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just... Yes, but last year, you had very few players to develop. You had yeah. Pokushevsky. Right now you have Treyman. Yeah. You have Giddy. Josh Giddy. Giddy's good. You man. have Jerry. Yeah. You have uh, Aaron Wiggins. Yeah. I mean those guy needs good reps. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna Sorry. I'm gonna list some Rant teams. Over. Okay, tell me what these teams have in common. The Philadelphia 76ers, the Knicks, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Raptors, the Spurs, the Nets, the Bulls. What do they all have in common? Oh God, those are an incredible amount of teams that I already forgot. Um, I don't know. And then in their names? No, sir. Sorry. Um, be a little bit more specific. <laughs> Help me out. Like we are talking players. We are, we are talking Here's coaching staff. Here's what they have in common is that they all have a worse defense. Defensive oh, yeah, rating yeah, yeah. than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. yeah Listen sorry. to those teams again. Because preseason if you would have said well these teams have a better defensive rating than the thunder i think you'd be like yeah of course they will like are you joking 25 20 i would have guessed 25 teams 76ers the knicks that's insane the jazz 
the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Raptors, the Spurs, the Nets, the Bulls, all have a better defensive rating. By the way, the Bulls are all the way down at 20th now, which would be the worst defensive rating for a Billy Donovan era team, um, yeah. which is kind of interesting. They're struggling. I mean, they, they basically lost two of their point-of-attack defenders, which makes yeah, things extremely hard. Time. Yeah. But, yeah, still, so, but the me, Thunder again. have their guys, and they're 10th. 10th! I mean, that is unbelievable. I mean, if they end With up in no the top 10 by the end of the season, there should be a statue of the number 10 outside the Thunder Arena that somehow in this season where they're going to win, I don't know, where they're going to win 21, 22 games this season? Four. Like, 24. 24. In, the, mm-hmm. in a season where you won 24 games, you were ranked 10th in defense. I mean, and we've talked about this so much in our text chat on the pod that Lou Dort has not had the best defensive season of his career this year. It has not. He's had stretches that have been very good. He's been good lately. Yeah. But there's been stretches where it's been a little worrisome and still, and still they have the 10th rated defense. I actually asked Mark about this. I think about a week ago. Because at mm-hmm. the time they were all 11th. And I was just like, can you just explain to me how you've done this? Be- you know, I, was, I asked him if he had any expectations for the team as a de- like defensively, did you have any expectations for the team? And he said that one, he didn't have any expectations, which is like a very mark, very thunder thing to do is where you have no expectations. And but you really have expectations. I'm sure there are. I would like to know what they were. <laughs> if you could just tell me, that would be very nice. No, he just talked about how it's a willingness from all of the players to to be in the right spot, basically, and yeah. and to play collectively as a unit, and like that's how they do it, and it's like great, and it's and it's at an elite level, and there's there are definitely some things about it that are. This team is extremely coachable. Is like the probably the number one thing, number one reason why they're the tenth best defense in the NBA, is that you have an extremely coachable team. Two, I think having younger guys that are willing to be coached is also helpful. And then having veterans, like every veteran on this team, like they all have the same characteristics. Like they're humble. They have had to work their tails off to get here. Yeah. And they don't really have any expectations for how they need to be treated or how the minutes they need to play or whatever. Yeah, that's totally so, fitting for us. It's yeah, yeah exactly. Another reason. What can you, that's okay, why let's just go back to just, it for one second. And I just want to just talk about one thing. Can you imagine Russell Westbrook being coached by Mark Degnault? Like, it just feels so weird. Amazing. They're almost the same. Amazing. They're basically the same age. And I know. Can you imagine how many defensive rotation you will just completely miss? He would blow. I mean, we would, if, if Russ played on this team for two weeks, we would have the 20th ranked defense very fast. Exactly. Very fast. That is sweet. And it's not helping the offense as well. Like I think he would help the offense. I think the offense would be better, better than last. I mean, they are dead last dead like, last can you imagine a lineup with russ giddy dort 
favors basically starting uni <laughs> play with that russ come on show me russ has done some incredible stuff though like what he did with the wizards down the stretch of last season incredible yeah. stuff like he he may not help statistical profiles but he helped that team win i mean like straight up helped that team win yeah and and that <laughs> that past. would scare me a little bit and also i it's it's no it's just no. I know, I know. On the bright side, can I tell you something that I, I think I said it on, on Thunder After Dark after yeah. Sacramento or Portland, I don't remember. Uh-huh. One of the things that blow me away, um, I was listening to, as always, the opposing telecast, and, and for a second they were not loud, and you clearly, I could clearly hear Baisley shouting on defense. Yeah. That he does. He really does that. shocked me. Yeah. No. 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 That's been a thing for a little while. Yeah. But I mean, for you, I mean, uh, that is something that you always miss when you, when you look at the TV and and not getting the the live uh, experience, mm-hmm. live like near the field, near the court, mm-hmm. because that thing, I I couldn't guess that he was starting to communicate and communicate at a high level. That is. That is a quite a skill to have on defense. Yeah. I mean, like players that can communicate from the back line of defense to the top and are actually actually successful in that. That is that is why Steven Adams was so good with Under Robertson. Yeah. And and I think that is um that is a skill. And um but the point on, on positioning, I mean, defense is like an orchestra. If you have one instrument that plays in a different way, mm. then it ruins everything. everything. And there are a lot of times where you could see the defense shuffle from side to side, rotate. They may be a little bit late, but they are still in time to make some effort to contest. Mm. They never give up on a closeout. Even yep. if it's late, yeah. they do it. And I mean, Giddy is not a great defender. He he told as much after after Barnes cooked him in the post yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. But he's not in the wrong spot. He gets defense. He knows what to do, where to be. Yeah. Is he able to hold one-on-one? No. That is 40% of defense in the regular season, maybe less. In the playoffs, that's another story. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but there are like very few teams that will scheme for Luka Doncic in a night in February, just to, in January, just to win the game yeah. and just to cook him over and over. I mean, usually it's, hey, if you're in the right position, you get like your defense is already good enough. Mm-hmm. Well, if if you're not tuning into the Thunder broadcast, you're missing gems like this one where Michael Cage said, I don't know poker, but I know how to play it because I like to play it on my phone. But I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to raise you one. That's what Baisley's saying. You just miss just these these gems from Cage where you're just like, I don't know where he's going with this. And he just he just kind of just meanders I mean, around with the thoughts. It's amazing. It's an amazing, yeah, amazing but, experience. I mean, the last two games, for example, you have Lamar Hurd uh, in Portland, which is great. Yeah, he's good. Uh, and, then, and then you have the duo in Sacramento, which is overqualified for that team. I mean, uh, there's Mark Jones and Katie, I don't remember the surname of, I, I think she's a former um, player, uh, WNBA player. Yeah, just having Mark and, and Jones are, there. Um, they are great. Yeah, it's a good broadcast. 
Yeah. He's yeah. no he's no cage, but you know, he's pretty good. Uh, rising, you know, Andrew, rising. you know what I'm saying? That's nasty. <laughs> okay. Discovered the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Rising Stars rosters were set and the draft process was weird. Um, the These teams are weird. <laughs> Just flat oh, no, out. I missed that. Uh, Josh Giddy was chosen fifth in the draft, which is cool. Um, however, it doesn't mean anything at all because these teams are, nope. are messed up. Uh, he is on a team with one, our guy Cole Anthony, which is great, who was picked before Josh. Um, That's his travesty. Marjan Bochamp, who is of the G League Ignite. What do you think about the G League Ignite guys being I've seen part of this? Literally. As you, as you know, I compartmentalize my life. Yeah. And so up until April, I really pay limited attention to anything else than the NBA. Mm -hmm. So I'll start in six, seven weeks. What do you think about the idea, though? I don't particularly like it. I don't. I would. If I were these G League guys, I would. Almost, I mean, there's there is upside, certainly. If they play well, there's upside in this. If they play poorly, there's like a big downside because these are the guys they're going to be playing yeah. against next year. And if they stink, then it's oh man, like that. Like if Dyson Daniels is like whoa, like he like he shouldn't be on the court. Like this is this is bad. You know, if Jaden Hardy goes like oh of ten or something, which is totally possible, then it's like whoa, because I think. I don't know that this is like a real scouting opportunity for teams. I don't know how teams view it, but I don't know. I I love but that Scoot Henderson's playing in the game. Like I'm very excited about that. That he he that Scoot and Lamelo are on the same team is like oh like that's that's probably that's the most fun thing about it to me. Every, every all the other guys, I'm like man, I don't know. Like I don't I just I don't know that I like the idea. Of that. But in general, I don't particularly like the idea of the G League um, for like tier one prospects. I don't know. It's it's risky for them. I don't quite understand. I mean, yeah. if you look at the guys like Hardy, Kuminga, Green, mm -hmm. you could say that they all lowered the level uh, of their 
of the draft pick, except the for best green. draft pick. Except for Green. No, 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 even him. He was in serious discussion for number one before. I mean, you think if he played at Kentucky, he would have gone number one? No, just just for for fit the year. Yeah. Just don't play. Yeah, play, I mean, train, yeah. do three, four great workouts, and boom, you're done. Yeah. I mean, we're talking shit and sharp as top five pick. Mm-hmm. And probably there will be teams that will likely try to get him. Yeah. So yeah. if you are really high, why? Why going that path? I understand college. Uh, not fully, but I'm not American. So I mean, they're making money. I mean, that's a simple answer to it. Yes, but it's not a good environment for them to make money. Yeah, I don't. I I kind of agree with you. I think we need to see more. I think we need to see this play out for years before we can yeah. really determine. Yeah, right now it's not. I mean, if you tell, if you take the best coaching stuff available mm-hmm. and you make them play hard and you make them play like real basketball, then maybe. But right now, that, that is not the case. I mean, I mean, the, the, the thing that I love in the NBL is that they, those guys go there, yeah. they play against like mean grownups mm-hmm. that will beat the uh, out of them. Um, yeah, I mean the the case every night. the case of the NBL is growing because you've seen what it's done for Josh Giddy and for Lamelo Ball, and it's like oh, hmm. like they were both ready. It's a real league. You don't play if you're not good. Yeah, they were ready to play once when they yeah. got here. Both of them, you know, like Ferguson, <laughs> like T Ferg, another great example. Yeah. yeah, yeah, high level players. I think it is an interesting option, but staying in the states. Making a million bucks, I don't know, playing basketball. Yeah, that's, like all you that's do good is, for them. Like all you do is play basketball. In the case, like yeah. if you go to college, like you have to go to class. You have to like you, there's just a lot more to it, you know. So like I understand if you're Dyson Daniels, you're like I'll make a cool million bucks and only play basketball. The college is great. I mean, college environment. I remember, I don't know who was the guy, AJ Emmons. Yeah, AJ Emmons, center. Purdue. I remember uh, I used to meet him uh, every other day on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was so freaking tall. <laughs> but it seemed that we had a class uh, or uh, I don't remember around the same time near uh-huh. the same building. And so I used to meet him. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that atmosphere is something, though. That's um, true. That's true. Uh, it's. There is it was something. one of the best moments in my life uh, yeah. in, in that campus. I I, I lived in uh, inside the campus and it was it was good. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, it's not money, but it's um. And you can make money now if you're life. if you're a high level player. Like you can go make half a million bucks with the nil money. So like that's yeah. that's positive now that you don't have to hide it. Um, yeah. But then the other guys on Josh's team, Jalen Green, Herb Jones, Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Suggs. I absolutely hate the construction <laughs> of that team. It is like, though, it is maybe the worst construction because like Jalen Green wants the ball in his hands. Cole Anthony wants the ball in his hands. Tyrese Maxey wants the ball in his hands. Jalen Suggs wants they the ball in his hands. They will not get it. Josh Giddy should have the ball in his hands, but. Will have. I hope so. I hope so. Oh, he will. I like Herb. I'm a big Herb guy. Other than that, it's kind of gross. 
It's kind of gross. Uh, all right. Uh, any predictions for the trade deadline before we go? This is your this is your last chance, McKelly, on the pod to get a good prediction, trade deadline prediction off. I I hope that something crazy happens. <laughs> I don't like the Josh. I mean, yeah, Joe Ingles, fine. Yay, vanilla trade for everyone. Yeah. Yay, we got a second. Fine. Now I hope something more. I don't know. Yeah, it would something be crazy, maybe a little bit less crazy than what I concocted uh, <laughs> live here, because I, I, I swear I didn't thought about it until you, you said, "Hey, uh, let's talk about Tobias." Said, okay, um, something a little bit less crazy than that, but not, I mean, not vanilla like Ingles. Yeah, I predict vanilla. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, let's go to the stream real quick. Hoopstock 69, Phil Zoff, James Anderson, uh, Jack Ao, Grape Ape is here. Sig Inside 2020 is here in the chat. Thanks so much for joining, everybody. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit the little bell, and you'll get an alert when we go live, and you can join us too. Uh, Frank Terman, Brian Yates, Winskill, Winskill 1969, Tyler Nevins, uh, Dinah Lawson, um, K Plains Drifter, Tricks, Everyone Needs a Smile is here. Uh, Cody McChicken is in the chat. Daniel, uh, Y Sermon, David Cook is in the chat as well. Thanks so much for joining, everybody. Hope you guys have a great day. Chatham is 33, also here. Andres. Gorgu is here too. Thank you so much for joining. We will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.